Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. I'm Ed. That's my cinematic life mate, Sean. Hey, what's up? And before we get down to the nitty gritty, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can find us on various forms of social media. First, on both Facebook and Instagram at... The Film Effect Podcast. As well as Twitter. Film Effect Pod. And if you guys want to send us an old-fashioned email, then that's cool, too. Sean, what's that address? Yeah, we'll open that inbox at thefilmeffectpodcast at gmail.com. All right. It's current events. Um, I'm going to get serious for a second here on the show. Never done this one before. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um... So let's be real, guys. Just last week, we had another shooting. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to bring attention to it that it's just becoming, for the first time, it's it's becoming, it's opening my eyes so much that I'm 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 here on a podcast talking about it, even though it has nothing to do with our theme of of show, and I I, I don't know. I just. I'm looking at my 13-year-old right now, and it's like, this is becoming a weekly event. It's a weekly event. This shit's getting serious, and something's got to be done. I don't mean to bring politics into the show, and I swore I never would. And I'm trying not to, but I just wanted to um, just uh, bring attention to the situation and to let people know that uh, my eyes are open. I'm woke, as the cool kids call it. And, uh... It's a fucking problem. So it's got to get fixed. Whatever we got to do, whoever we have to uh, direct our pitchforks to, whatever we got to be done, whatever's got to be done, let's do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, didn't, uh, didn't mean to lay that on you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to speak on that because it'll, it'll change the slant of this entire broadcast to where I'll just grab this mic and go off on a 90-minute tangent before you know it. You're all joining me on a flight to start a commune in Guyana okay and trust me when when I say you're gonna want to drink my Kool-Aid if you know what I mean because anybody drops dead when you drink Uncle Sean's Kool-Aid well then fuck it weekly recommend what would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed what do you got instead Uh, we've been doing this every other day I ain't watched shit man I've been getting okay well maybe you haven't watched shit but Um, I haven't watched my recommend this week but it's a film that I'm gonna recommend because it's a good fucking film so you know I I always I'm always gonna recommend uh, Midnight Run with Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro I think you already recommended that in the previous episode then I'm gonna recommend Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Because those two movies go hand in hand like hot dogs and tacos, man. They're like they're like peanut butter and jelly. That's a great double feature when you want some eighties buddy camaraderie. Some like, Chicago films, right? Uh I know running well, scared. Scared is pretty much through Chicago. It, it, it takes a dip to Key West for a minute. Whereas Midnight Run is, you know, bookended by Chicago. Okay. Um, 
But still, these are those are two of, and if Ed and I don't get to them on here, then I guarantee you I'm going to do something where I tell you guys about the gloriousness of both of these films. Separately, not in the same podcast, because they both deserve a couple hours apiece. But these are a couple of buddy, camaraderie, 80s action comedy cop style flicks that, man, if you look at a scratch of that itch, you can't, can't do better than either one of these two movies. And if you got access to both of them and looked them in a while, make it a double feature. I don't care which one you put on first. Both of them are quotable. <laughs> you watch them with a buddy of yours, you, you know, twist one up, you know, charge up your pen, whatever you bubblegum and teeny boppers do, you know. And you'll be quoting this son of a bitch, these sons of bitches the way that I have for, what, 35 years now? Uh, yeah, give or take. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. My recommendations are both Midnight Run and Running Scared. Let's call it Midnight Running Scared. Go. I'm going to program uh, uh, something. I'm, I'm going to call Benji's Drive-In. I'm going to call Benji's Drive-In. We're going to program Midnight Running Scared. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, man. And they're, they're going to ask for about 50 to 100 tickets up front. And... We'll make it happen. That's, we'll make it happen, man. We still... Alright. Midnight Running Scared. Um, my recommend this week is a film that I actually talked about last year on the Mad Dad podcast. Uh, I think she was absent for this episode. I think it was on SoloCast. Uh, Where are you on Chef? You know, I've never, I've never even given it... We are going court. to change that. I've never given it a stay in court. Did you watch it, Princess? You didn't watch the, yet? The, the food truck movie. Yeah, remember? I know what you mean. So no, I'm talking about her. You weren't on the podcast, but okay. Gotcha. I mean, I'm curious, but it's just never. It never really. I'm gonna lay it on you. We're gonna watch it one night together. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely like, a buddy movie. I've always like movie. found something better to watch. You know what I mean? Or my it's just a like, feel-good, awesome movie. It's Favreau, star-studded right? cast, it's, but it works. John Favreau did everything, wrote, produced, directed, stars in it. Yeah. Great damn. RDJ's got a cameo, right? Because yeah, uh, a lot of people have cameos, but RDJ's really? definitely yeah. He his character is. I told you about the time I met Favs, right? Where I met John Favreau when he was in town for replacement time, assuming about yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was DJing downtown. Okay, and he came in. I just got done watching. Um, I just seen very bad things like two or three days ago before. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were in town filming replacements. He wasn't next to anybody yet, but I mean, I recognize him from you know swingers and whatnot, and obviously very bad things. Um, and I was in between sets at the you know at this bar in Canton. And I guess he was just like checking out the nightlife, and he's coming through. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he he walks through, but I like like I was at the downstairs bar, and all the action was upstairs. Right, but I had the as usual. Had, right, right, but you know I was booked for like you know four hours on the you know boring level, but shit, money's money, DJ's DJing. But I'm sitting there, and he walks in, and I just glanced up, and I we locked eyes. I made eye contact, and like. I think he could see in a split second but locking eyes. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, that's that guy in a movie I just watched the other day. Wait a minute, it's that John Favreau dude that I've seen from Swingers. Oh, and, and we just kind of nodded at each other. We're like, I nodded at him like, hey, man, dig your work. And he nodded at me like, yeah, thanks for not... <laughs> 
bringing attention. So we were like cool with each other. Right. You know what I mean? He was like, I'm just coming through, but, you know, I appreciate you. You know, it was like one of those moments. Like we right, shared right. a moment. Me and Favreau shared a moment. I got you. And he was, he was, I could tell he was like thankful to like get him bring attention to it because he was there with a couple of handlers. Or yeah, yeah, I go, of course. I mean, he wasn't big shit back then, but he was still had a little Supposed bit of an entourage. You know, be quiet. Right. Keep things a little and I didn't make low. a big deal out of it. And then he just kind of checked by the booth on his way out and just like gave me a little thumbs up. You know, kind of like so, the moment that I had with Jimmy Kennedy. Yeah, right. Many, Many times. times. <laughs> but it wasn't a convention setting, man. He just like right, happened right. to show up at the club I was spinning at. Yes, while they were while they were filming replacements. So you know, little and I know I should have been looking over my shoulder for Keanu Reeves come walking in the room, but that never happened. Better yet, Gene Hackman. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> that would have been a glorious time. Me and Gene sitting down doing belts of whiskey. There's a headline for you. Yeah. A couple of Irishmen get thrown out of a bar in Canton. Where have you read that before? All right. So usually, well, not usually, um, last week I promised you guys a follow-up to um, my little theatrical breakdown from 2000 to 2002. Well, luckily for this guy over here, I didn't get around to it this Thank week. So. God, you mean I got to deal with it next week? I, I, I promised the people I'd finish it. I told them I would. I'm a man of my word. So next week, guys, we'll, we'll let you guys know what I checked out in the theaters from 2003 to 2004. It's a good one. Yeah, we're all waiting with bated breath. <laughs> all right, so are you ready? Yeah. 1992, oh, sweet a revolution started. <laughs> in 1995, I think we bit off more than we could chew. Brought to us by the other Paul Anderson. This is Mortal Kombat. In each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers. We'll travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. And his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world. No! Is theirs. It has begun. You can't run from me, Sam. I don't need to run. So before we get into this pile of fucking steamy dog shit. Uh, with no peanuts in it whatsoever. God damn. Uh, so, um, yeah, spoiler alert. 
This movie's fucking garbage. It fucking sucks. It's Guys. so bad that I actually wrote a note, a letter to my 12-year-old self, and I was going to save it, but I'm just going to do it right now. Fuck it, because, you know, we, it's already on the table. What's up? It's your future self, my dude. Listen, stop trying to make Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat a thing, because it's not happening. It's just not. And why would it? There's plenty of other things out there around this time you can make happen instead. I heard this Kevin Smith guy has a neat little black and white movie that's been making the rounds. Make that happen instead. You're better than this pile of fucking Venom shit. Stop sweating. These things happen. All the best. Future Ed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I think I've said, I made it clear on last week or, you know, the previous episode with how much I was looking forward to this. You know, until today, I used to like my job. I actually oh, come had on. To, I had not all going to be winners. Oh, my God. This one was so far from a fucking winner. This isn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's far from the fucking it made, best. It, it actually made me want to watch Vincent Gallo's Brown Bunny. It was so fucking I mean, bad. Things could be worse. We could be covering Annihilation next week. Have you seen Annihilation? The is that the Natalie Portman movie? No, 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 no. More, I'm talking about Mortal Kombat. Oh, sweet Jesus! Annihilation. No, you're only getting one of these out of me. <laughs> Fuck no, you're not getting another one of these goddamn. Because believe it or not, there actually is a movie that's ten times worse than this. Believe it or not, it uh, exists. It's a sequel? Oh, oh yeah. Brian Thompson's the villain. He plays Shao Kahn. Yo, Brian Thompson from fucking Cobra, the Terminator. Yeah, no. Yeah, mm. yeah, man. No. No, no. Do you guys want it? Because I don't. <laughs> Please say no. Look, where were you in 1992 when this shit like just came out of fucking Senior nowhere? Week? Like seriously, like this... are you talking about Mortal Kombat or the movie? I remember no, fuck the movie. Like, I'm talking about the game for a oh, minute. Mortal Kombat. I'm oh, back yeah, in '92. Oh, I got a, I got a story. I got a story. I'm gonna tell it. I remember reading about this in the back of uh, EGM. Electronic Gaming Monthly. All right, so no, I I do remember, I do remember Mortal when Mortal Kombat was was actually it was like the new Satanic Panic back then, you know, because this is the first time, and I think Sega was involved with it. Um, and I'm talking, I'm not even talking, you know, home console stuff. I'm talking yeah, the arcade. Like, I'm talking cabinet. Ninety two in the arcade. Yeah, I'm, ta- yeah. I'm talking cabinet. Ninety three was the consoles. Right, right. I'm talking cabinet gaming because we hadn't seen. Well, we didn't realize we were looking at it at the time, but it was not quite rotoscope, but it was CGI as we know it today, where they were actually like pinpointing little, you know, they, they were filming actors doing the moves. Yes, they're actors. Anime, right, right. Now, what zeroed me in on that? was holiday season 1992 I'm fresh out of high school me and several friends decide we're gonna go Christmas shopping cause it's I don't know second week of December it's about time to get our fucking shit together cause you know Santa Claus is coming to town <laughs> but right. we're also you know 18 19 years old and we decided to drop some acid before we went to go Christmas shopping, right? And I remember going to East Point Mall with a group of friends, some you know, some you don't. I'm not going to name drop them here, but every one of us was pie Does this story take us to Aladdin's castle? It takes us to Aladdin's castle 
Okay, it takes us to Aladdin's castle, and like we have yet to buy present one. We're just kind of like, we're <laughs> the balls for lack of a better term, right? Wandering through East Point Mall, trying to find out where we should begin our journey, and then we wander like, oh, well, let's just get started in the arcade. We'll get our, we'll, we'll get our gears up, and before we even get into the arcade, we get closer to the arcade, and. You know, everything's kicking in. And you can hear like, you hear all the arcade noises right. coming yeah, out. Of course. Right. But, but it's all the arcade noises. All the cabinet games are, are like blaring into the, into the, you know, throughway or hallway of East Point Mall. Right. And the front and center game, before you even walked in, the one like, you remember I used to have one like the, the big game of the, of the month or whatever was right there as you walked in to like gain attention. That was right there. The front and center was Mortal Kombat. And there is this kid, younger than us. Kid was probably Mad's age, about the size of Princess, but he was a little, little, you know, I want to say 12, 13 year old, you know, middle school kid. Right. You know, a little chubby. Looked like he might have been an outcast, but shit, what do I know? I'm tripping balls trying to Christmas shopping, you know. And. This kid has got a, a sack of quarters, and he's, like, trying to, be like, get these moves down. And he's he's dripping sweat, and he keeps cussing himself and throwing these quarters in. And nobody's watching the kid. <laughs> nobody's paying attention to him. Me? I swear to buddy, God, dude, every gamer has, like, a serious attitude problem. What I'm they saying, like, this, this, anger management this kid games. was just, like, in it. He was in it. And I didn't understand. I wasn't a gamer back then. I didn't get into video games until 10 years later. Man, I did not bother playing video games outside of like you know, you know, pinball and Pac-Man when I was fucking bored. It wasn't like I saw that on arcade. But this kid was there, man. He was and he was putting it in. And I thought maybe I was hallucinating because we had some pretty good acid that day. But I'm standing there next to my buddy Fred, and we're like, I'm like, are you seeing? Am I the only one seeing this? He's like, dude, that little guy's sweating. He's having a panic attack and he keeps like getting finish him game over all this stuff and he's freaking out he's like trying to grab more quarters out and shove them in there and he's costing to himself we we didn't even go play video games that day because a we were tripping balls and b the little sweaty kid playing the mortal Kombat cabinet and this is the beginning of it this kid like freaked us out like we know i don't think i want to go in there look what it's doing to the poor 12 year old boy we're 18 we don't think we want to walk in that thing. But this was, and, and the game had been out maybe three, four months at that point. But suddenly it, it kind of became a thing, like a status symbol. Maybe this kid was trying to get his name on the leaderboard. I don't know, but I'll never forget. The game forget. came out October of, two, of 92. Yeah, so there it is. 60 days later, there I am, high on LSD, trying to buy Christmas presents and play video games. And I watch this little, this this kid was just, I mean, I can I've got this image in my head 30 years later of this poor kid just freaking out, having a coronary before he even hit puberty. And it's because of this game that we're talking about currently that there is an entertainment software rating board, ESRB. This is why video games essentially have ratings. Go to the fatalities, yes. Which, in hindsight... Aren't the most glorious things in the world? Yeah, but we didn't. But we didn't know what the medium could bring to us. Twenty-eight years ago, or twenty-nine years ago, different different time for sure. Especially when yes. it came to like the 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 the, 
politics and shit. It was just... Yeah, it's like D. Snyder fighting Tipper Gore over the parental advisory Correct. sticker. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, and it was everywhere. I mean, I remember Mortal Monday when the came when it came out to this uh, the the consoles, and then oh, I bet you it sold a ton of consoles. It did, and then around the same time, it came out that the consoles arcade was churning out Mortal Kombat too. Right, it was more to go. Following year, same thing with Mortal Kombat 3. Right. And then it took a break for a few years until Part 4, which introduced like 3D, because it came out for like like the the 32-bit era. Was when right. That came out, like yeah, because before it was just basically a side-scroller, just like yeah. left, left, back, back, up, up, now down, Now you can like ABA, jump ABA. up and you can go around yeah. instead of just going left and right yeah. and shit. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I, that's kind of when I, I checked I, out. That's when I checked out of the series. I, I, I didn't play... I, I never played much on the gamer. cabinets. I, the, the, the few times I played on the console was probably, I don't know, Nintendo, maybe a Sega. Um, I don't do well with the D-pads. You know, it's what probably why I didn't... It's, just, I, it's why Raiden's the only guy I could get down because his is the only moves I could figure out, like left, left, right, right, back. Yeah, it was the easiest move Right, so, so Raiden was my dude. And everybody knew everybody knew that if they were playing Sean, they knew to kick his ass because Sean's only going to play Raiden, so they always knew how to counter my moves. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'm throwing Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. today. You know, and everybody would play everybody else. So I just... I mean, yeah, it had an impact. I, I you know, I... I it dig what it impact. did. I remember when this when this game came out, and it definitely. Oh, it, it ruffled feathers, man. And it then was, it was like ice. It was like when when Ice T released Body Count and with uh, that cop killer, yeah. track. Dude, people wouldn't shut up about it. I'm honestly surprised it took three years for a film to come out as big as this game was. Um, but nobody it did. was marketing video games back then. Though. They didn't know it was, it was still a new thing. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, wait a minute. You mean there's more than just Space Invaders and arcades? Yeah. Wait a minute. They're bringing them into the home? Wait a minute. Kids are into something? Holy shit. There's a market here? Now let's start building a viable return on investment with this market. All right. It's your first time viewings. It's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no. My first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I um, to... <laughs> yesterday, and it was fucking painful. Wait, you've never seen this before, first? not in its entirety, and that was on purpose. Wow. Okay, I figured you would at least I, check no, that out. I knew better. All right. Again, I'm not seeing her defending the movie because no, it's, it's, it's shit. It's a cool. bad movie. Well, if you but are, I'm here to be your devil's advocate. Then. I'm also here to kind of, like you just said, be a devil's advocate. And, you know, it's it's not the worst movie I've <laughs> ever seen. Yeah, so it's it's got that going for it, I guess. I saw it in the theater. I was there. You um, would. I wasn't there opening weekend and shit like that. I saw this at the tail end when it was in Little Point. For a dollar seventy five. Oh, at least days. you saved yourself a couple of bucks. I went. Ticket. I it was me, um, a couple of the neighborhood kids, my mom, and my mom's uh, neighborhood mother friend. You made Miss Patty sit through this movie, and I, yeah. Now I, you made I get your it. mother sit through this fucking movie. I get it. You know, totally. When you see your grandmother, you apologize to her for me on behalf of your father. I have here in my notes. Now I know how my mother felt seeing it with us. Sure. So, sorry, 
Sorry, Mom. Um, I know you're not listening, but if you by chance hear this episode, this is your son. Your baby boy. Apologizing. Uh, so, yeah, I was in a theater, and I remember it being a little tame, obviously, because PG-13, but I walked into it knowing that, and it had all the greatest hits from being a they fan of the game. They couldn't, they couldn't release but it. But not thinking of it as a movie target, and thinking of it as my favorite characters on the big screen. It's all I was thinking. Oh, yeah. And like I just, just, like I just said, it, it hit all the greatest shit, hits. Yeah. It gave yeah, me all the greatest hits. It delivered. On the big screen. It's like when I get a gigantic pain in my gut and I go and sit down on the toilet. All I gotta do is I got plop. I got that's what this. I got the the bed of spikes. I got the pit. Mm. I got your soul is mine. I got flaws victory. I got Sub Zero and Scorpion. I got get over here. I I I got that fucking song. A little <laughs> bit more than I bargained for, but I got it. <laughs> um. And and yeah, I mean, twelve-year-old Ed was a fan, and all of it, all of it was delivered hand-fistedly, half. I remember, not long after it came out on video, they. I remember buying a copy of it used on VHS, (laughs) thinking I was hot shit because I had this on VHS before the GP. I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go home and watch my copy of Mortal Kombat. You peasants go rent it if it's available. Yeah, that was me, fucking 1996. Oh, man, like I said, I thought I made bad decisions in the 90s. Hey, man, you only live once, right? 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 Yeah, yeah. You fucking live once, Sean. Yeah, finish him. Um, story time. Tell me a story. Wait. Like my story? No, not your story, a story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. Oh, sweet Jesus. Here we go. So... No, I'm not going to tell the story because now I feel stupid. After talking about this movie and looking at what I wrote down for story time in this episode, no. I'm I not even. bullet points on every goddamn thing you were going to say. I was going to But it's it about how me and Andrew used to fucking get costumes and reenact this shit to the fucking theme song. And we got the genius idea. We were Get gonna, the hell out of here. We were going to charge the neighborhood kids to come in the basement. What, do you have like the single of the Mortal Kombat theme song? We were going to hustle And you guys them. are dressed up like Scorpion and Sub-Zero? Like a couple of little pasty Irish ninjas doing a kung fu show for the neighborhood? Get the fuck out of it. This is your father and your uncle. Oh, I can't. Oh, oh God. It was a genius idea at the time. And it lasted a fucking five minutes. Oh, God. Dear there, Lord. I told the story. That's my story time. Dear Lord. I seriously would have loved... <laughs> that you know what I would like oh god to flick the flux capacitor <laughs> get the DeLorean up to 88 miles an hour 
drive back to Kilbegan Court and Great. look at you two little squirrely, skinny sons of bitches <laughs> dressed up trying to say Flipping get around. over. <laughs> to the beep, 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 beep. Did you really you put on a show in the like backyard wrestling? We had costume changes. Did you make someone's gotta be Luke Kang? Get the hell out of here, you and Andrew, but who did you play? Oh. Who did you play? I was Luke Kane. I was Kano. And I was Scorpion. What'd you do for Kano? What'd you put over your eye? I had an eye. Oh, what'd I do for her? I, I, I don't know. Nothing. I just... I yeah, made, just I just my imagination. your eye closed. I had, and... I had my imagination by my side. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So who was hardcore? <laughs> Johnny Cage, of course. Oh, <laughs> of course he'd be Johnny Cage. Little squirrely. <laughs> Raiden. He was Raiden? He could do a perfect... <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> That's fucking... Good. Oh, man. Oh, you must have made... And I, I guarantee you, I oh. guarantee you, your mother was, like, looking out <laughs> the kitchen window on a Saturday afternoon, like, what the fuck We were in the basement, bro. We weren't outside. Oh, you guys weren't doing it out in the yard oh, for the no, neighborhood? we weren't showing that shit off. Oh, okay. So it was just you and you him down there? You wanted to see the gems. You had to pay for the gems. <laughs> oh, Christ, you charged <laughs> admission? Yeah, dude, 50 cents. No one paid. <laughs> I ended up copping everybody to see it. Your grandmother must be proud. Oh. oh, man. I was using my imagination at that age, and I was hustling. Dear Lord. So oh. did I, but at least I was, like, singing to a fake Actually, crowd. Actually, no, I took that back. Like... I was trying to hustle. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So can we talk about this fucking movie? Oh. I'm in fucking tears right now. Oh. Um, yeah, let's, let's, All let's right. tear this thing a new asshole. Like Scorpion's Blade. Here we go! So the movie begins with that familiar tune. Setting. We haven't even gotten to the fucking movie yet. Like, it's still distribution company credits. You could not wait like, to like, unleash it's, this fucking like the song. Lights, the lights have barely gone dim, and you hear the... <laughs> Any DJ that dropped this during a warehouse party <laughs> would have gotten his throat ripped out. By the dance floor, but we are not even in the movie proper, and they just like set you up like Mortal Kombat, <laughs> like the ramp. You're like, look at this awesome thing that we're not gonna deliver. Look, that's dude. what it sounds like to me, man. So we get this shit set to the Mortal Kombat symbol being showcased in all of its flame-filled fury. Yeah, burn that MK logo, <laughs> Bob Shay. Before being before treating us to a title card. All right, so then we get Shang Tsung outside the temple with the, the CG purple sky. He's fighting Chan, Liu Kang's younger brother. And it's nothing but fucking Dutch angles, which is a yeah. bad... As soon as you, if, you, if you see Dutch angles in the first 90 seconds of... If you see a fucking Dutch angle in any other goddamn movie outside of a 60s experimental Norwegian flick... Again, then you don't need to be sitting through this film. We get there's almost there's the only film that beats us for Dutch angles is fucking Battlefield Earth. So as soon as you see a Dutch angle, run for the goddamn ticket booth and demand your money back. Yeah, he whoops his ass and then warns Lou that your brother's soul is mine. You will be next. 
before turning into some sort of old mummy-like corpse. Yeah, these effects are only about six weeks outside of fucking Lawnmower Man at this point. So then we get Liu Kang waking up from the nightmare to a rainy, green-filled bedroom that I've always dug. I, I like this. This is the one good thing I'm going to... It's got a little bit of. I like this green lighting. I like it. You know what? You know what I noticed, and it's like you saw this a lot. Is the obligatory '90s bike on the wall? Did you ever notice that? No. You watch these films set around then. There's like always somebody like who they live in a loft or an apartment or whatever. Yes. Yeah, I knew that. And 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 they they get around because you live in a congested, populated city. They ride a bike. So they always hang their bike on the wall. Oh, so you get, like mopeds and such. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a little bike. It's a little fucking mountain bike. But Luke Kang's got a mountain bike to the wall. That's my favorite part of the bed. Like, Luke Kang's got a nice mountain bike. That's the best part of the movie is Luke Kang's fucking mountain bike. Roll credits. So he gets up, and then he walks over to the dresser to an old-school telegram that reads, Brother Dead, Return Home, Grandfather. Yeah, that's how it works in the game. Uh, so then Sonya and Jax are fighting their way through a Mother's Day out crowd in some industrial place, a product of its time, to find Kano, who's with Shang Tsung, about leading Sonya to the tournament. Now, it's, as far as I know, all this origin shit is far from what was scripted by uh, Tobias Boone in the games for these characters' backstories. Like... Yeah, um, it was just something to give these characters something. Dude, they, 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 had the draw they had wasn't they, their they, fucking they had, they had to put them in the movie, give them something to do to move right. the, to move them to the tournament. Because nowhere did I ever remember, you know, Jax being Sonya Blade's partner. Maybe Sonya Blade was the story. Was, that was from the game. They there, were. There was because Jax was introduced in part two, and in part two he didn't right, have his bionic part, arms. Because they they, they kind of because you don't have it in the I, film. I don't think I don't even think Kano is in the first one. He right? is. Kano is. is. He in the first yeah, one? Kano is. He's I not. Remember, in the I didn't play one. a lot of it. I, I, I don't Kano. Know. I remember the first three well enough. Kano was absent for part two and came back for part three. Right. right. But he was never Australian. Like he is in this. No, he's got that. Yeah, he's got that Kiwi accent. I made a note of that. Yeah. And then ever since this film came out, all that of a sudden he a became. Cancer. Yes, he became. Like Kano, he was nauseous. more like just a burly, like looked like hacksaw Jim Duggan with an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, a guy who was like struggling to keep his hair in real life, <laughs> like a guy from the Rogaine commercials. Right. And he just slapped a little metallic piece on his eye and be like, "Hey, you're Kano." That was basically how it went. <laughs> So yeah, he's with Shang Tsung, um, and he tells him that he wants he wants them to lead Sonya to the tournament on the boat that's uh, going to be docked the next day. Um, she's just randomly beating people down and blowing guys away with shotguns at this crowd at this fucking. Like, how many times? How many fucking times have we seen this goddamn crowded club scene, nightclub scene? Between, I don't. I always get movies. this and the, the 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 scene that's similar from Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Ace Ventura, I mean, Cannibal see, Corpse. I get I mean, that confused. Did, like, uh, all right, Michael Mann does it decently <laughs> in, in, in 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 Collateral, but you get it happening in fucking. It, I don't know if it's Blade or Blade Two, but like this whole maneuver through. The, the the techno crowd scene when I buy is breakdancing around you not noticing you committing fucking capital murder. Yeah. Like, I must have seen that 16 times between 1993 and 2007. Yeah, so she comes, she blows this guy away who's wearing a, uh, 
a, a vest of sort, like a bulletproof metallic vest. And uh, she says, where's Kano? And he just kind of like dies on her. And then we're cut to Johnny Cage being introduced. He's fighting a gang of suits with cattle prods, uh, beating them all up. And then the last guy kind of misses his cue. Johnny Cage has to break character and, uh, and tell him, this is where you fall down. And the guy acts like he's been hit and falls down. And it's revealed that this is all the set of his newest movie. Did you uh, notice the Steven Spielberg lookalike cameo? The what director. The uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and there's um, a story behind that because Steven Spielberg, that was going to be him. But he got tied up in whatever film he was shooting at the time and couldn't commit to it because apparently his he was a big fan of the game. Right, and, um, and thank he really God wanted he to didn't be. Appear in the movie. Yeah, it was going to be him. So then, when he couldn't commit to it, they they hired a lookalike. That's who is? I was going to say who's the actor because I, I placed him last night. His son. He's the father of um, one of the guys from uh, that 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 Big Bang Theory show. Um, now I recognize him somewhere else, man. I did like. I, I did for a split second there, and I, was, and I would have paused it and took notes, but that meant I would just had to sit through the movie even longer because I had paused it. Oh uh, yeah, it's he, it's it's Sandy Helberg. He's the father of Simon Helberg. So then Cage gets a visit on set from his sensei, Master Boyd. Says he's the best martial artist in the world, and he can prove it. Says that he's invited to the tournament that's held once every generation, and that there's a boat leaving Pier 40 for Hong Kong and he wants him to be on it. And then when he goes to leave, it's revealed that he's uh, actually Shang Tsung who's taking Boyd's form. Wait a minute, Did wait Did you a notice minute, who Boyd is? You're, you're, you're brushing over some stuff here. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> what he does, what this guy does, he hands, he hands Johnny Cage... The scroll. When the fuck does Johnny Cage learn to read Mandarin? He just reads it. He's like, oh, okay. Because he's this, supposed to be a martial artist. He's I supposed, know he's... I mean, he's a fucking sensei who visits him, for Christ's sake. They so gave, so they so gave so Johnny so Cage knew. way too much backstory for this stop, film. Because I don't remember Cage being like this in the game. I'm staring at him in the, ga- in the movie. He's and I'm an like, actor in the game. fucking dipshit. Right? Know how to read Mandarin. Listeners, okay. correct me if I'm wrong, but Johnny Cage in the original game, he's just an actor. The, the, none of this whole sensei, master boy... Schlock they threw in for the film. Anyway, it's, speaking of actors, he's wait, played hold on, by. Hold on, hold on. Do you notice who plays him? Who plays who? It's Peter Jason. Who, who plays uh, Master Boyd? It's John Carpenter regular. He's in like every John Carpenter oh, film okay. from Prince of Darkness on. No, no, no I want to. I want to talk about the lack of fucking actors in this movie. Were there no professional actors available at all? Lyndon Nashby was an established actor by '95. Who? Lyndon Nashby was an established no, actor. No, nobody in this movie can fucking act. Where the fuck? I didn't actors? say Lyndon Nashby was a good actor. I said he was an actor. But there, where there, where my notes here are where were the fucking actors at? Well, Robin Shue got the role because he helped out with the uh, choreography and the fight scenes and shit. He kind of doubled. Oh, of course, nothing but backdoor favors going on in the Mortal now, Kombat movie. Now. We have a section for this, and I actually have notes for actually. I can answer your question if you just hold all questions. I'm just saying, nobody fucking. There's not a just good Just wait till we get to it, because I got stories, and yeah, you might know a couple, but I have some involved yeah. in the cast. And to answer your question a little bit more, just hold all questions. There as were you no say. actors in this movie. <clears throat> well, at the end of the day, this is what we got. But originally, it was not supposed to be like this. 
So, anyway, Liu Kang arrives at the temple and is greeted by his grandfather, who tells him that his brother Chan followed Kang's footsteps when he went to America, started preparing, and that Kang's been chosen to fight in the Mortal Kombat tournament. There's this thing with the bells ringing, and the grandfather announcing that Kang's been chosen, followed by monks in disagreement, saying that Liu turned his back on them when he left for America. Then Raiden is introduced suddenly appearing to tell Lou that he's only fighting for vengeance. Hey, who plays Raiden? Well, that's Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Was Gerard Depardieu not available to play the the the, 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 the Asian me, God dude. of Thunder? He might be the, the worst fuck? thing about this movie. <laughs> what the fuck? And he was the reason, like, he was the reason. I he, was the draw. I'm like, he was the draw. He was the draw. And I'm like, all right, it's Raiden. Oh, it's Raiden by Christopher Lambert. And he does fucking Nothing. It's really fucking bad when your main draw ends up being the worst thing in the movie. Because he, he's, he's, ooh, like, ooh. I, I seriously think they cast Lambert because And James Remar will do him any favors in the sequel. Holy shit. Who doesn't? James Remar. Oh, Remar plays fucking Raiden He gets in recast in Annihilation. Because oh. Annihilation picks up where this ends, the cliffhanger in this. Annihilation picks right back up. All oh, right, where the thing The next scene. The Shao Kahn and shit. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> so so yeah. even Lambert was smart enough not to show back up. Lambert just—he was know. phoning. He was just cashing checks back mid, then. Yeah, mid nineties. He was. Yeah, in, he was just like, yeah, what up? Do you want me to cameo on like, that Highlander TV series you made? I'll do it. The movie's called Adrenaline, Fear the Rush, with Natasha Hentress <laughs> comes to mind. But um, you figure after twenty years in the biz, I could speak the language a little better. But he really can't. He couldn't speak English when they hired him on Highlander. Highlander. He couldn't speak English. It's why he talks like this. Yeah, that's why you spit on me when you try and portray him. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I just, um, lost my spot here. Fuck it. <laughs> Nothing is important. Yeah, so Lou calls him a beggar and tells his grandfather not to follow him and that he just let Chan die. Lou then goes to attack him to prove himself, but is knocked down, showing he's not ready. Lou ends up angrily leaving the temple to head to the tournament as a uh, broken warrior, as it's put. Then we get Johnny Cage arriving on the pier at night, confronting fellow fighter Art Lee about the newspaper he's re- the newspaper he's reading, saying that Cage is a fake. He mistakes Lou for a service guy, like a true racist, and gets his stuff tossed into the water for. It's his- good to know Johnny Cage is big in China. <laughs> yeah. Sonya is then seen spying with Jax and spots Kano boarding the ship that's arriving. It's uh, one good thing to say about this. It's a gnarly looking fucking ship. So, props to the set design. She beelines it to well, the actually, ship. Actually, um, it's also a gnarly-looking mullet. Like, Liu Kang has the greatest <laughs> fucking mullet. Who wore I've it better, seen... him or Mel Gibson? Uh, it's, if, if we're going, if we're going American I mean, the, the, mullet. The, the fluff it, it's either him or, or Mel Gibson. I got I, I, I to pick. All right, let, let, let's leave it to the end of the episode. I'll decide then. All right. <laughs> so, the uh, fluff it or the feather muppet yeah dude uh, my one oh yeah she beelines to the ship with Jackson and his shitty acting yelling or not yelling for her not to go and then I have here in my notes sparks everywhere <laughs> you know what my notes say turn this fucker off Christ I still have 90 minutes left to go right there damn True. Tell me I'm wrong, princess. It's, it's true. It's right there. Top yeah. line. Chrysler's still 90 minutes left. So on the ship, 
Sonya is searching for Kano, but instead finds Shang Tsung. He says that he can personally give her a tour of the ship when Johnny Cage and Liu Kang arrive. They enter, also enter Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I guess we're having impromptu fights before the tournament? Uh, Raiden suddenly intervenes with a shitty CG backdrop before anything else can happen and yells, again, question mark, enough. I mean, was at this point, I started asking myself, was you a bull not available to Ooh. direct this fucking movie? Ooh. You know? I don't... Yeah. I, because in my uh, mind, like, Christopher Lambert is like an upper-class Tommy Wiseau. Nah. <laughs> I can't go that low. He's bad, but... <laughs> he I mean, really is. I mean, come on. He really is. He's like an Eastern European Tommy Wiseau. So he gives Song a job. He gives... He gives Shang Tsung a piece of his mind about having fights before the official tournament. Sonya's asking about the tournament. Raiden disappears on Lou like an asshole. But then is li- is, he's seen literally five seconds later as they go outside. Um, then he tells them all about Mortal Kombat. Something about 12 straight fights or 12 straight wins for the Outworld to cross into ours, I, I think. And that Tsung has nine wins before informing us that this is the 10th tournament. Mathematics, ladies and gentlemen. No, seriously, though. Mortal Kombat is a fighting tournament between the representatives of the realms of Earth and Outworld conceived by the Elder Gods. Are we, is, this, is, this that, is this that fucking banquet scene? Yes. I made Lumion. Why did they go? Why did he go to the fucking trouble of fixing all that fucking food? Nobody eats anything. They flip it over. Just so he can say Mortal Kombat. And the one time. Oh, no, we're not there yet, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, just skip to this, the end of this scene. I have in my notes here. Uh, Lambert's monotone acting is uncanny. I mean, and that's look, me putting it mildly. I'm they, being nice to the man. They, they make up this huge banquet. They're bringing it down on like shields and surfboards. They're laying in front of everybody, right? And then to make his grand entrance, Shang Tsung walks up the stairs from fucking hell you know and he makes his grand announcement about how mortal combat is the end all be all when he says the words mortal combat now is your time to punch in that fucking theme song the one opportunity that would work they fucking slept on when he says because he could have said mortal combat and be like beep 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 they didn't do it they just let him monologue I mean, God, I hate this fucking movie. I can tell you skipped two whole fucking scenes. We went from them being on the boat to them being on the island. Because I want to get to the fucking credits. With the fucking dinners going on. Um, There's a reptile sighting I've never noticed before as Sub-Zero is walking yeah, down the dear steps. Dear Lord, the CGI lizard. That's what I wrote. Uh, dear Lord, CGI. Although Shang Tsung does have a badass fucking overcoat. That leather jacket of his. Is probably my second favorite thing in the movie next to Liu Kang's bike on the wall. How about the fucking dude that Sub Zero fights? That dude has fucking muscles I've never fucking seen before. Holy oh, shit. The, the, um, you told me the black guy with the fuck? No, not, not, not that oh, guy. Yeah, Although that, that guy's fucking brutal too. No, the guy that Sub Zero just 
kills essentially. It's supposed to be a fight, but it's flawless victory <clears throat> at the dinner scene. Oh yeah, he does the automatic finish. The guy who like stretches before fighting Sub Zero, and it's right, like, and dude's Sub-Zero got muscles like on top of muscles, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, and Sub Zero just does an Indiana Jones and pulls out the revolver. Welcome. You're here to compete in mortal combat. Tomorrow morning, the great combat begins. Some of you will even have the distinct honor and pleasure to face Prince Goro, our reigning champion. You are all witnesses to one of the greatest turning points in the history of your planet. Treasure these moments as if they were your last. And now for a taste of things to come. I have here on my notes, I hate the CGI in this film so much. Oh my god, like I said, they're only about six weeks outside of Lawnmower Man and two weeks ahead of Sega Genesis. Uh, so then we got Liu Kang going after Shang Tsung, uh, being joined by the uh, Cage and Sonya. Then we see Goro's hand as the three begin to follow the song. The three continue going through the caves and walk over tall passages. They encounter Goro's shadow, but get freaked out a little bit. And then the next fucking scene is Kano feasting by himself with Goro sitting on his throne right in front of him listening to his bullshit stories. When the scene prior to that was just him... Right, he's all scary and and stuff. And meanwhile, In the next scene, he's just chilling listening to fucking stories with Kano while he's feasting like... Editing, plot problematic. What the fuck? Like um, continuity, anachronisms. S- someone, plot someone slept is, through their job. Is is there even a script supervisor on the payroll? No, I guess not. Where's your uh, producer? Oh, he must be doing cocaine off a stripper's ass. Because look what you're getting away with. Look, I feel like now's a good time to let people know. That if you're listening to this episode and you like this movie, it's okay. You're on the wrong station. No, no, on. stop, stop. That's the wrong mentality. It's okay. If you like this movie, that is your God-given right to like <laughs> movies, okay? That is what makes films so incredible. Because film is subjective. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. And believe me, no one can talk me out of movies that I like, okay? 
ask this guy in front of me. He knows better. If I like something, I like something. Shoot me. So if no, you, I'm not. That being said, it's okay to like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> we just think it is highly anything. problematic. Yes. And also, that being said, it's okay to not like movies that you loved as a child. Okay? It's okay, guys. Nostalgia is not a reason to hold on to a movie and make it... it, it bad movies are bad movies, no matter how you look at them, okay? This is by no means a good fucking film. Far from it. But again, if you like it, more power to you. That is, that's on you. Okay? You're okay. I like some shitty movies. If you guys like this movie, again, it is okay to like shitty movies. We just don't. Um, So yeah, not to mention on top of this, not to mention on top of Goro sitting there after being up and out and about yeah, just, Kano feasting like fucking Jamie Lannister after a battle. Well, yeah, on top of that as well, Goro is just sitting there being nonchalant, listening to these bullshit stories, knowing damn well that Kang, that fucking Cage, and Sonya are all out and about looking for Shang Tsung right now. He watched them go into the tunnels to look for him, and he's... Problems. Editing. This is why it's important to have a good editor, Okay. Um, I want to ask now before we even get to the group. Um, is that Clancy Brown doing the voice of Gordo? No, no, it is not. Tell me, it does not sound like Clancy Brown. Doing eh, I can see how you get the. I can see the resemblance. Remember, Clancy Brown didn't sound like that twenty five years ago. He was a little bit younger. Yeah, no, he did. But oh, he did. Believe me, I know Clancy Brown. I know, not personally, but I know Clancy Brown too. <laughs> he did. He could have pulled that off, but okay. All right, so Shang Tsung appears as Goro's about to manhandle Kano because, well, no one likes him, and he just wants to get paid. He said he's there to warn them that Kung Lao's descendants are coming and also mentions that Katana is the emperor's adopted daughter and that he's aware that he's, she's a very dangerous adversary because she is the rightful heir to Outworld and that she will attempt to ally herself with the Earth Warriors. Um, then the trio go to sneak away, but they obviously, in a very cliche manner, make uh, a noise, alerting Shang Tsung, who sends warriors after them. On the way back, they get lost, and then Liu Kang sees Katana holding a torch, attracting him, thinking that she's going to lead them out, gets attacked by this CG fuckfest reptile who sprays this weird mist and then runs off. Cage then leads the way. Yeah, I mean, every everybody looks like a mid-level fucking boss battle yeah. in a fucking Super Nintendo game. It's some yeah, it's some current CJ, definitely. So then we got Cage leading the way, saying that he can smell Katana's perfume. Uh, <laughs> funny jokes in these movies, guys. These are the jokes. <laughs> he leads them to the room where Kano was feasting, only this time it's infested by warrior guards. Then we get the fight scene set to that 95 Mortal Kombat beat mix that ends with them winning. Raiden clapping back, asking them to show him what they're going to do about the next group of guards before showing them the way out by scaring by scaring off the guards. Yeah, that's the most Raiden does is like like these, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, um, uh, Sonya Blade and, and Johnny Cage fight off a bunch of the was Jackson at two or no no it was Jax no Liu Kang 
Kang. I would say it's okay. So the, the three of them fight off swarmful of ninjas. It's about twenty of them. Right, and they, and they, they easily, easily, yeah, they, they, they all breaking split, a sweat. They, they split the work evenly. Teamwork makes a dream work. But hey, they're the best you know? of the best. That's why right. they're at this tournament. So that's, right. that's plausible. Okay. Right, right. And then Raiden shows up, and they're like, "Oh, what are you going to do about the rest of them?" And the rest of them is now like eighty of them at the door. Yeah. So to what they do, you for get that Raiden, shot. They all like ah into the camera, like they're all going right. to attack and, and you they're, as they're, the viewer. They're, they're all a bunch. They're all a bunch of buffed up like Filipino weightlifters, you know, and. The most Raiden thing you see him do, the whole fucking movie, the whole uh, reason uh, he showed up, he just kind of holds his finger up. There's a little bit of lightning between his fingertips, like it's like it's a (laughs) goddamn taser, and they just separate. And nobody, it's not even explained why. Like it's never said. Like, oh, we're scared to death of the God of Thunder, played by the. Vaguely Eastern European French man. Wouldn't you be? If he's, it, it, you know, it, you know what? If Christopher Lambert showed up wearing one of them walks on his head, and was able to sp- shoot sparks out of his fingers, I'd be freaked out if Christopher Lambert showed up at all. Which he only wears in the opening scene that he's in. He doesn't wear the rest of the film. Yeah, right. Again, so exactly. whole reason, like I'm yeah. disconnected. Like, they gotta show like, that. They gotta showcase the star, man. He's the I star. Just, Top that's, billing, Christopher that's, Lambert. That's what that's what's gonna freak me out. It's Christopher Lambert shows up. Uh-huh. You know what? I dare you, man. Come, come, get me for making fun of your accent. I'll give you my address. Off with your head. There can only be one. And bring Gerard Depardieu with you. Are those the only two French actors you know? We. Oui. Jean Renault is he not available? No. All right, let's get back to this. Oh, you talking movie. about Gene Reno? Gene Reno. <laughs> it's like the most American way you can put it, but okay. I try, I try, Gene look, I try, Reno. Look, I try to forget he's French because I like him, but I, know, I don't I know. like them. So it's like a wow. You know, I just love S- Sorry, France and all of our French listeners. Just uh, at least half of us like you guys. <laughs> Yeah, send me more croissants and baguettes. Maybe we'll shut up. So he tells them that tomorrow the tournament begins and to be prepared. So then the following morning, Mortal Kombat. Wait. (laughs) Begins with Liu Kang facing the fighting monk. Now this is that that black uh, Brazilian jujitsu martial artist guy you were talking about. He yeah, right. Like, the dreads, you know, the guy with the dreads. Yeah, you know what I started wondering in that scene is like, was the saxophone player from Lost Boys not available? Whoa! <laughs> I like to see him like take place in this fucking battle. Where's the saxophone player from Lost Boys on the fucking Mortal Kombat Island, man? Let me see that guy get in there. That's a take. Yeah, right? Right? All right, so uh, Kang defeats him, followed by Shang Tsung taking his soul and saying fatality like it was something fierce, even though technically it was a fatality from the game. <laughs> uh, Shang Tsung awards Sonya with Kano. After he taunts her about killing her partner, the two have a brief encounter that ends with his neck being snapped by the chick's legs. He's like spitting off. The one thing I've always taken from this scene is that little 
speck of spit that he get to get to her lake. He's like uh, spitting around. Uh, you know what? What doesn't make sense to me is her character. Like suddenly she just commits murder. She's all about justice. Now she's like, I'm just gonna fucking murder in cold blood. He's because begging for his life, and she's on. like, he's like, oh, give me your right. break. And she's like, right. okay, she's, she's, she's supposed to be your blonde hair. To, like, let's face it, Bridget Wilson fared better when she was working with Adam Sandler than before she started doing this flick, but. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, like what what little character was developed in Sonya Blade as being this righteous, you know, cop? Fun fact: justice. she started filming this movie the day after production wrapped on Billy Madison. <laughs> Not making that up. Veronica Vaughn checked out and then checked into this. Case in point, kids. This is why you listen to the Film Effect podcast. Yeah, uh, um, it just doesn't make sense to me why she just snaps at dude. Like, she doesn't even, she barely gives it a thought. Like, in my opinion, somebody who's coming from a stance of justice and, I don't want to say revenge, but she's she's not revenging, she's avenging. You it's know? a little bit of both. It works both ways. Right? But but she's supposed to have like a like a center, and she doesn't. She just snaps his neck because I'm on murder island. I just see her as ruthless. I mean, yeah, but she just turns. It's kind of like Daenerys Targaryen halfway through episode fucking eight of the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, like what? All of a sudden, <laughs> she rung the bells and flew to dragons. Okay. I was no lead up to that. That, that that happened. That that never happened on my Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. It just yeah. just what? like how Indiana oh. Jones never ran into fucking spaceships. There's been only three um, of those movies, as far as I'm concerned. Shout out to KMFDM, whose song "Joint Justice Bell" is playing in this scene. Oh no, shit! KMFDM's been here. Yeah, it's the song playing. You know, this we used fight. to make. You know, we used to make up. Um, this is no shit. We used to we used to try to toss around like what, um, what KMFDM really stood for. <laughs> you know, we used to say back in the day, <laughs> I had two things. This is no shit, because this one came FDM was like the shit in the early 90s, like your industrial techno music and stuff. So then we get Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. Um, basically, it starts off with Johnny Cage walking around this... Uh, actually, I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty cool setting, this little forest that's like the endless fucking trees. It's, it's probably... It's, it's taken probably, from World Combat, too. I, I, what, I, what, I will say, cool. what I will say in, in this god-awful, half-assed, shit show fucking turd of a movie. Um, this is probably can we, can we be real? Seconds. Can we be real? This shit slaps out of a fucking the whole thing. I'm the, saying this out piece. of a shit show for a hundred minutes. Scene, this five minutes is fucking awesome. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's, it's not. It's not awesome. I think it's awesome. It, it I think it's. Himself. I think it's good stuff. I think this shit it, works. First of all, it doesn't make sense to me because at this point it's an unsanctioned fight. I mean, it's not there in front. Oh, uh, logic's out the window. I'm not thinking. Yeah, about I that. guess not. I'm not thinking logic. Like I'm just thinking. Overseas all. This whole fight between Cage and Scorpion fucking works. For There's me. a couple it's of a fucking moments, fun yes, five it's, minutes. It's the. It's it's the best. It shit starts. In the fucking lost forest, if we're gonna call it or whatever, and it's the, it's the, the only shit starts. Three minutes 
of um, the entire fucking film. If I'm going to shit on anything, I mean, in, in typical fashion with the episode, I it might is. as well say Scorpion. Well, his spear out. isn't supposed to be a chopper from Mario 64 with a fucking beat. I know, right? It's the wrong game entirely. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Like, it's supposed to be a spear. Get over right. here. Like, it doesn't supposed yeah, to have a fucking beak. It's not a like fucking a, chopping beak. It's, no. Um, but... Something about a fucking Total Recall or something? I fucking love like, the set I'm, design. I'm for the tall man. Like, where's the yeah. phantasm sphere? I know, right? Um, a couple of things Scorpion says that he doesn't. he's not supposed to. He says, welcome. And then right. he says, get down here. I'm like, what the fuck? Right, here's all. Like, no. Come on, you're fucking up a good thing, guys. And Stop. even the get over here moment is, like... Barely, it's it's like underutilized. It's just so. You only need to do it once, but I could. You're right. It could have been used in a better way. It's but it, but still like they, they, they did it. it. They did it, but the way it was cut the out way that it was edited, fucking welcome bullshit. The what way the it was fuck? edited, right? The, the way it was built up and the way it was edited, like that's what. If it weren't for fucking Raiden, and then you saw a French guy, not an Asian dude, no lightning and no walk on his head. You're like, okay, where's Scorpion? And then they're like, um, get over here. Then you're like, where the fuck did my goddamn ticket money go? Um, Robin Shu, Liu Kang himself, choreographed this fight. Oh, so he was actual, he was, he was actual, um, you know. Uh, he played a part in this scene. Uh, well, well both these The scenes. guy that plays Liu, but no, he's saying the guy Liu that Kang. plays Liu Kang is actually a fight choreographer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. That's cool. Um. I can see it. Scorpion goes down in such a brutal fashion. I love it. His death is awesome. It's practical. It works. The whole skull, half of it getting ripped off, a la Texas Chainsaw 2, with the guy's top half of his head getting sawed off. It happens here with the, his skull with yeah, the, with but the they, shield. But they, they make their way out of the forest into some leftover set of the fucking Goonies, man. It's like some like worked over pirate ships and shit. I think it's cool as shit. I like it's, it. But it doesn't. I it like it. Like, it. It makes no like, sense. It makes that's not supposed to make sense. It looks like they're on the back. Yeah, I guess. It looks it's, cheap. It's, it's, supposed, okay. it's supposed to look like, oh, you went from this setting to this setting it's in the game. To. It's It's But logicless. the whole movie doesn't do that. It drops you in and out of that. If you're going to do that to me, do it for the whole film. That's why I'm there. That's what you makes know, this sequence it, so it, unique. It looks like it looks like they they dealt with you know uh, Gore Verbinski's leftovers from the original Pirates movie. Um, shout out the Fear Factory, whose music is playing in this scene. It and the scorpion explodes because why? What? Flaming. Oh, you're asking me like why? Like yeah, legitimately just, asking me all that of a question? Sudden, like Johnny Cage, a flaming pirate shield, and the scorpion explodes. I guess it just cool just, effect. He has a little bit more. They have a little bit of money in the budget. And just, when did when when did Johnny Cage have the I flaming mean, pirate shield? He was already up. He was already in flames. Might in as well the, had an explosion. In, oh, so somebody plugged in like a cheap because code to Johnny they had Cage. to have the explosion to get the fallen autograph. I they had to justify your biggest fan, Johnny budget. Cage. I like the autograph bit. It's 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 from the game. It's a little sh- little call. Yeah, back. my notes at this point say fuck this movie. Wow. Which, just because at that point, I'm like, you missed out on the get over here moment. Now you got Johnny Cage just blowing Scorpion up with a flaming pirate shield. This is where I checked out. And said, you can't fuck even give movie. one fucking scene praise. You got to shit on it somehow. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> fuck this movie. 
So then Liu Kang randomly faces Katana on the beach with Shang Tsung observing. This whole fucking sequence, like, I get what it's here for, but it's to set up the whole the next scene. But still, like, what the fuck? In the end, he says that she disappoints him and that that's not very wise. And then in my notes, what was the purpose of this fight and who the hell is booking this tournament? Those are my two notes. Um, so moving on, Liu Kang versus Sub-Zero. Uh... This film is currently hitting rapid fire with the fight sequences because we've just gotten three, uh, three, four in a row. This is now four in a row. Um, and it's not over yet. So I, I like lose. This is my note, my only note for this scene. I like Liu Kang's pointless little jump while running down the ramp during this fight. That's all I've got. I like how Sub Zero descends the steps like all graciously. Where, like, they frame it, and there's, um, like, it's, it's like, spotlighted to where it's, it's framed, like, the yes. light, the light yeah. frames, like, it's probably the best shot in the whole film is the way that they frame and let Sub-Zero descending these stairs like a fucking badass. You just saw him do it ten minutes ago. We just steps down to steps, and all he's got to do is get to the bottom of steps and just go... And now you got a Liu Kang sickle. Sub-Zero wins the fucking fight. But no, Sub-Zero descends the steps like a motherfucker with a spotlight on him. Just a pose. Like he's in a, you know, Mr. Mortal Kombat competition. So yeah, in the tradition of um, following plot, in the last scene during this whole slow-mo little dance that Liu Kang and Katana were doing on the beach... Is more or less her like whispering to him, like riddles. She was talking in riddles to him and yeah. basically like giving him like hints as to how to defeat Sub Zero, who's like the god of fucking ice or water or whatever. And she says something about in order to defeat. Did you happen? To, I didn't take. I didn't give a fuck. What you talk about what reptile whispers the not reptile katana. Katana. That's what I mean. Because I mean that's the other thing. Order, something games, about water and everybody. and life preserve it. Something I don't know. Whatever. He he takes the what she says and uses it to oh, defeat yeah, Sub Zero by taking water, a bucket of water, and throws it through his little. No, the thing, the thing with that though is the way he whips that bucket of water around. The water would have went there, out. There's no water in the, left in the bucket. No, we definitely would have gotten rid of most of the water. He wouldn't have had enough water to make that big enough. ass spear that it formed. Yeah, he doesn't have that much centrifugal force. I don't think there's enough water in that bucket, even if it was full, to develop that big ass spear. Eh, but movie's gonna movie, especially when Paul W.S. Anderson. Hey, man, that plot's gonna plot, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, then we got Shang Tsung telling Goro that it's time as we get a montage of death set to Napon Death's twist the knife slowly before facing and killing Art in front of Cage, Lou, now and Sonya. Now is the perfect time for your obnoxious fucking theme song. This is when the action just ramps up and it's like... I like the use of Napalm Death. In fact, I like the use of Napalm Death for your factory and KMFDM. You could use it in a different spot. If you want to blast that. Because this soundtrack slaps. I like this soundtrack. I actually own the soundtrack. Fucking wood. So. um, This is where the theme song needs to be put into place. But the only spot it even fucking works. You know? 
um, is right there because that's when it's a free for all. It's like it's, it's almost like a Mortal Kombat battle royale. Okay, so Goro here, like I said, he kills Art. Art's the guy that Johnny Cage met while docking the the ship earlier. Right. Um, the the fellow actor martial artist. Anyway, Goro kills him and. He falls and, and collapses and dies, and it's in, it, it it focuses in on Cage, Lou, and Sonya, the trio, if you will. I have a question, Sean. Mm. Why is Sonya yelling out for Art like he's her fucking brother? She didn't even fucking know him. Art um, and Sonya had no relationship whatsoever. I don't think they met in this film. And then when he dies in this scene, it pans in on her in slow-mo screaming out like they were lovers and he died and it's like wait a minute I'd expect the reaction similar to Johnny Cage who's supposed to be the friend here not this hoo-ha bullshit with fucking Sonya Blade like crying out for why again <laughs> well, I'd like to say that there's some sort of extended Criterion Edition director's cut of there's Paul gotta be. I mean, we're, we're hit, we've already pointed Mortal out Kombat two weird cuts where or edits where there's you know backstory and, and actual there's obvious scene jumping you know, going on for a reason. Uh, character building between Sonya Blade and Art, but you know now that you mention it, when that moment hit the screen, I didn't give a shit who she was screaming for. You're probably waiting just, for the end credits. I was just you can't wanting, wait. I just I could not wait for the fucking film to end. There's a part of me that wishes I was screaming I for this art movie. too. I'm like, where is the art? <laughs> I've been here for an hour. Where is the art? So I feel, I feel. You know what? That's what she's screaming for. Chalk that back. That's what she's screaming for. She's screaming for art. There is no fucking art in this she's goddamn movie. She's screaming for fucking production to end is what she's screaming Right, for. she's like, I'm, I'm an artist, where's the art? That's the problem. So then the trio were talking to Raiden about how they can win the tournament. He says there's always a way and the only thing that can defeat them is their own fears. So he wants them all to face them before breaking them down one by one individually. Yeah, my notes here are the landscape and the CGI background are better actors. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and Bridget Wilson only emotes by crossing her arms. God. Yeah, so then Lou meditates on the beach and has visions of his brother's death. Uh, we then see Cage tell Sonya that he's challenging Goro to protect her, saying that he can't challenge her if, she, if he does so first. Uh, Shang Tsung accepts on the condition that he will be allowed to challenge any opponent of his choosing on any time, anywhere he chooses. Raiden then tries to intervene, but the conditions are agreed upon before he can do so. Then after Shang Tsung leaves, Raiden confronts Cage about uh, for what he's done in challenging Goro, but is impressed when Cage shows his awareness of the gravity of the tournament. And then we get it. Cage versus Goro. So I got here in my notes, nut shots, broken sunglasses. Yeah, Goro's got nards, man. And fallen shots over terrible green screens. Goro's got nards. Um, so, goodbye, Goro. You're out of this. <laughs> Toodles. So, Shang Tsung's, uh, then he takes Sonya hey, hostage. He's got two or four. He's got four arms. How many testicles yeah. he's got? I, I don't think about these things. I'm going to start <laughs> it's, now. It's, it's, 
So Shang Tsung takes Sonya hostage and takes her to the Outworld, intending to fight her as his opponent. So he's going to take the coward way out. Win number 10 like a coward. You go, boy. Knowing that his powers are ineffective there and that Sonya cannot defeat Sang by himself, even though it's revealed that she has to accept the challenge or there cannot be a fight, basically. Raiden sends Liu and Cage into Outworld in order to rescue Sonya and then challenge Sung. Then we see Reptile's shitty camouflage CG run through the pro run through the, through the portal first before Cage and Liu go the go through together. Yeah, am I the only one who thinks that most of this fucking footage was rendered on a goddamn Sega Genesis? I can make better effects on my iPhone, <laughs> and I'm not even exaggerating. Um, yeah, Jesus, take this phone back in time and fucking. The sole reason we're doing this is because it was coming up Friday, right? Friday is the release of the new. I think it's going to redeem it. I have a, I have a good so feeling. For better or worse, we're getting a new I, film I this Friday. I have a good feeling that R-rated picture is going to wash the taste of this piece of shit out of my mouth, man. Well, hopefully it leaves me with not. Well, hopefully it doesn't leave you with more questions than answers. Hopefully I just have a fun time. I like to think it's going to be a little bit better put together than this. Hopefully I have no questions because this movie has the opposite effect. And <sighs> leaves me wondering lots of questions. Like, yeah, it makes what, your brain like, scratch. Why I watch this to begin with. It makes your brain scratch itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should have came with a brain tickler before. <laughs> uh, so I have here Outworld. Lots of purple flashing lights and CG sculptures. <laughs> so Liu Kang then finds Reptile and throws him into a statue, essentially turning them into a titular green ninja. I'm sorry, turning them into THE titular green ninja. We even hear the fucking video game announcer say his name before they fight. Reptile. Yeah, they fight. Bicycle kick now, later. Let's, let's, let's face it. Let's face it. I mean, everybody's got their own favorite characters. Yeah, I copped out. Mine was Raiden. No, 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 no. I got a category for this, and you, I, I want to talk about it then. I know where you're going with this. Please. Okay. Please, it's gonna be. Okay. I, I'm gonna have fun with All this. All right. Shit. See, you didn't. You didn't prep me ahead of time that we were doing going this deep and this. You know. We never prep, dude. We just. Yeah, so, true, but I expected. I get a format. I go with it. You're supposed to follow. I right, lead, I'll you follow, follow. But I got a lot of shit to say about this. Person. All right, cool. Well, so yeah, right. they fight. Uh, bicycle kick later. Luke, Luke Kang wins. Mm. Uh, it turns reptile into bugs. That's just it. His bicycle kick is wasted. You barely see it. At least we get it. I mean, you get it, but you hold, you don't see it. You see it from waist up. He should have done this to Shang Tsung off into the pit. This is what he should have used instead of that flame shit. Right? Yeah, he shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't have Aryukin. He should. Have, he should have bicycle kicked Shang Tsung into the pit. Right. He I agree with that. There. I agree with but that. You but I'm happy we got it. A long shot with the bicycle kick. Everybody right. wants to see that. All they saw was this Asian dude sitting there going, "Hold You know, that's that's what it looked like in the frame, man. It didn't work. Um, I doubt it worked even better on the big screen. I probably didn't even try that. And then I have in my notes here also, um, the mid-90s techno beats are on full display in this motherfucker. Oh, fucking techno is up again, man. Sniffing so Katana, she appears and tells Liu Kang he's finally learning. And then we get her backstory. What happened here? 
The same thing that will happen to your world. Unless you prevent it. My father was the rightful ruler of Outworld. Then his best warriors lost ten mortal combats, and the Emperor entered the realm, killed my parents, and adopted me to lay claim to the throne. It was beautiful once, before Shang Tsung engineered its destruction. How can I possibly stop this from happening in my world? If I did not believe in you, Liu Kang, I would not have helped you. In the Black Tower, you will face three challenges. You must face your enemy, you must face yourself, and you must face your worst fear. Uh, we then get a god-awful spinning shot around this purple CGI tower that enters in and zooms in. Setting in on a terribly inserted shot of a chained up Sonya. Who's now all done up with her hair and makeup glam while she's chained. So when you're kidnapped in this film, your your hair's done up. Your makeup's on full display. Oh, you're pampered. You're pampered. Your you're outfit fed. changes, of course, the, to a skimpy, the, a skimpy the, skirt. All, yeah, all the food that they bring out at the beginning of Mortal Kombat that they won't let anybody eat when they flip the table over. They then feed that to you so you're nice and plump. Keep in mind, she's brought here to fight Shang Tsung, so they're going to pamper right, her so, prior to the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Can you yeah, imagine yeah. they went through with this fight? They're fluffing her up so that she can be all pretty for the fight with Shang Tsung because that makes absolute fucking sense in this world. Yeah, I guess. I mean, some of them nobody. Yeah. Ever. So then druids enter the room. Holding now, these guys, <laughs> hold on. These dudes, these guys, Liu Kang's famous, wait, hold on, I'm sorry. Shang Tsung's uh, thugs, they look like Omega Pledges at the Animal House. Like, thank you, sir, I have another. Yes, oh, God, yes. <laughs> I mean, they don't look like, thank you, sir, I have another. They do, they look like they're about to bend over for Nehemiah to just smack him in the ass with a paddle. They all enter holding torches as they walk down to the circular steps and form a circle around the Mortal Kombat symbol. Beep, 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 She refuses to fight him. He says there's no one else and that she'll forfeit and he'll win number 10. When he gives her one last chance, he has her taken away as she says her friends will come. When they reveal they're already there disguised as monks. I'm sorry, druids. Uh, Katana confronts Al him. Omega Pledges. Yes. Is what they are. They're so, Omega Pledges. Ooh, my apologies. Sorry to offend all the uh, Pledges, Monks, and Druids out there. <laughs> Katana confronts him about his little white lie, leading him to challenge Cage. When Liu Kang intervenes and challenges Sang Song himself to Mortal Kombat, he accepts, and then we get this final fight. It begins with shadow boxing at the camera, set to a familiar jingle. The overall fight lasts over five minutes and ends with Shang Tsung. It tends to be Chan to Liu Kang as the spikes raised inside of the Mortal Kombat symbol below. Then Shang Tsung ends up in the pit as the souls are freed, including Chan's. After talking to Liu, after taking Liu Kang's fireball attack, as I mentioned before. Yeah, that's where I saw all the money went to is, is lining up the blades to, to fit the Mortal Kombat symbol on the bottom of the pit. That's where they spent the fucking money. And the Woody one-liner... Just making sure that set design worked. 
because for the split second it's on the screen and you're right i never thought about that and that probably would have turned my opinion from you know half a star to maybe two-thirds of a star for this film if they would have had Liu Kang bicycle kick him into that and say, yeah, give him it would have been more effective. He could have you another shit. time. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one fucking thing that Liu Kang, you know, after you get that one-liner after the big victory and shit, his one-liner here is flawless victory. And he's wrong. Because it's not a flawless victory. No, he gets his ass handed to him half the fight. This whole That's film... Not, someone needs whole, to remind this motherfucker what a flawless victory is. This whole film is upside down with its own head up its ass driving down a wrong way down a highway. It's the easiest way to depict this movie. Drive the wrong way down a highway upside down with your head up your ass and see if you make it to... You know, see if you get to the right, you know, interstate. Then we get Orbital's house in beginning as the heroes begin celebrating at the temple. It's a shame that Orbital had a I love this fucking song. It is a I, terrible I like shame. I love Orbital. I don't know why the fuck they got involved with this bullshit. Then we get darkness suddenly forming over light and Shao Kahn suddenly appearing, saying that he's there for everyone's souls, with Raiden saying, I don't think so, to end the film in cliffhanger fashion. Oh, come back for more of this. Maybe we'll put peanuts in the next turd. I didn't even check to see if there's a stinger because I don't give I, a shit. I, I hope that, you this know what? Over. I could give a shit if there's a post credit scene. There probably is. I couldn't but wait I wouldn't to know. get to those fucking credits, man. Oh. Sweet Jesus, what a fucking slog that movie was. And that is Mortal Kombat yeah. from 1995. Thanks, Paul. Box office receipts. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250,000 American dollars. You take it out, we put more in. I want receipts. Mortal Kombat was released on August 18th, 1995 from New Line Cinema. Opened up in first place with $23.3 million domestically, going on to gross $122.2 million worldwide. On Your it. father gave them at least two of those $122 million. <laughs> Against a budget of $18 million, so it made a pretty good fucking penny. That's why a sequel was quickly greenlit. Because you dipshits didn't know any better. It shows it was rushed into production. If you've ever seen the sequel, which we've already talked about this, and you have not, and I am not going to further elaborate. I have nothing else to say about that Please fucking sequel. Do not subject me to that. Um, as much as I like James Remar, I'd rather not know that he played Ray. It was in first place for three three weeks straight. I remember that. This was kind of a big deal when it came out. It held three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks? Yeah. These fucking idiots didn't have anything better to buy a ticket for for three goddamn weeks? Oh, man. It was either this or Money Train. Oh, dear Lord. Well, look. It was a big deal. I get it. This was... You were, like... 25 when this yeah shit. yeah i was I mean, out you i were... was out you know i was out raving see the thing Dude, is this was like, not the, your generation no no, no the, 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 the music that this that this film was promoting that everybody bought the cds for 
I was out experiencing like live in the warehouse at the at, at the techno rave. Scene. This came out when video games meant something to me. Still, you right. know, I was I just got into raving, man. And it was a big deal, and I couldn't wait to I see it. I was it. jealous as shit of all my friends who went and saw it like the first couple of weeks it came out. Because, like I said, I didn't see this till the tail end when it was in like the the, the final theaters or whatever they uh, were called back then, the discount theaters. And uh, you know, so give or take, I saw it about six to eight weeks after everyone saw it opening weekend. So I was tardy to the party, as I put it. And um, you know, I still had fun with it back then. But this was definitely a product of its time, something that I would fucking never... It was like know. Batman was for me in 89, dude. It just sat up yeah. there on the screen, ate your money all summer. I have long. thoughts about that movie. Um, and that'll be for another episode. <laughs> all right, so let's meet the cast. Hey, you guys. Everybody focus up, okay? All eyes here. I would like to announce that Ben and I are planning to produce a musical number from Godspell for the talent show tonight. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ben is producing. I'm directing slash choreographing. I'm only speaking from personal experience, but if you can't carry a tune, don't come into the audition environment and waste our time. For serious, okay? Okay, and bring a lot of movement clothes, AKA jazz shoes, dance belts, lycras, et al. And seriously, FYI, you guys, this is not an excuse to get out of your regular activities. This is an excuse to do some good musical theater. So be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door, because we don't need it. All right, so we got Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, Robert Shu as Liu Kang, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. What's your favorite Lyndon Ashby? What's your favorite Lyndon Ashby film? Um, none of them. You're not a Wyatt Earp fan. What? He's not a Wyatt Earp fan. He played Wyatt Earp. No, he was in Wyatt Earp. The movie Wyatt Earp, Kevin Costner. I prefer Tombstone. Okay, Fuck you're one of those. Okay, I'm a I got you. Guy. All right, all right. I'm a Tombstone. Look, you're either you're either like a you're either like a, a Stones fan or a Beatles fan. You're either a Tombstone fan or a Wyatt Earp fan. I'm a fucking Tombstone fan. Oh. So as much as I love Michael Madsen and Kevin Costner, I gotta take her leave any goddamn time. Although lately he's kind of gained my, you know appreciation either way nope tombstone all the way toodles if you got carrie hiroyuki tagawa as shang sung it's oh, a mouthful to my little my little thing about my little note about sonia blay here and bridget wilson this was not her film like i mentioned she was literally rushed to the set from from billy madison the day after she read billy madison she was put on a plane and rushed to start filming this movie had to do, had to go as far as to learn, like the jujitsu and martial arts and all that, like on set. Like on the flight. Yeah, like not. <laughs> yeah, that and basically like on set because she had no, she had no prep time because Cameron Diaz had the role. She was following up the mask with this, <sighs> but she wise up. No, while training for the uh, for the role, she broke her ankle. No, she broke her wrist <laughs> and couldn't. Had the bolt, you know, pull out. So, we are. That's a fortunate this, injury. This was Cameron Diaz, actually. So That's a fortunate she was injury. She's going to follow you, up the mask with Mortal Kombat. But no. Instead, I'm sure she's got a scar that she kisses every day, like, oh, thank God. Instead, we got Bridget Wilson. Uh, Talisa Soto as Katana. Trevor Goddard 
as Kano, Chris Casamasa as Scorpion, uh, Francois Petit as Sub-Zero, and as I mentioned before, Peter Jason as Master Boyd. Um, this is Crow. Well, my friend, this is Crew. But don't even think about it. You don't look like you could hang, Jermaine. The name's Jamal, and I'll fuck your crew up. Who are they? Who are they? This film is directed by Mr. Paul W.S. Anderson. W.S. Not credited W.S. in this film. He's Paul Anderson. Yeah, it's and yeah, the credits. Probably, yeah, well, it's, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And then he added the W.S. Has for his follow-up film, Event Horizon. Yeah. Which Because another little new which, director which, which was hitting the town. It's, that redeems, I don't want to say his career for me, but Event Horizon allows me to forgive him for some of his missteps and the bullshit that he's produced because Event Horizon. What if I were to tell you we are definitely covering Event Horizon before <laughs> the end of the year? Uh, as, as far as... I don't know when yet. The lesser that concerns Obviously, later too, on this but... year, we are definitely fucking doing that movie Event Horizon because yeah, it deserves... The film effect treatment. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fair enough. Look, let's, I, I, I owe Paul W. S. Anderson a promotional review because so be careful what you say this stuff. episode because you're going to be fucking I'm, backpedaling. Whatever we do is follow all up. throughout Mortal Kombat, and then I'll give him the praise for Event Horizon. That's what's going to happen. All right, fair enough. Um. So I think it's it's safe to say Van Horizon is your favorite Paul W.S. Anderson movie. It's probably the only Paul W.S. Anderson movie that I like. Okay, fair enough. But I, I but I really like it. I, I do. I, I, it I, forgives like two thirds of his career for me. I, I'm gonna catch fly for saying this, but I'm I'm a fan of his uh, Death Race remake. So, so what yeah. you got against Carradine and Corman? Nothing. It's okay to like a remake and the original at the same time. Right, so, right, right. I like what uh they did with the remake. Right. And, and and then yeah, uh, produced by Lawrence Kasanoff, written for the screen by Kevin Droney, uh, music by George S. Clinton, not that George Clinton, cinematography by John R. Linetti, and edited by Martin Hunter. Finger licking good. Finger licking good. What's your fucking favorite scene, buddy? The end credits. No, seriously. I, it, <laughs> it's hands <laughs> down. I know, I know. My favorite part of the movie was the end of it. Okay, I give you done that. with it. All right. As we mentioned before, I, my favorite scene is definitely the Johnny Cage Scorpion fiend. It's, uh, I mean, Johnny, it's, it's, it's Johnny, a little, shit, I, I can see where a little bit of the money went, but still, at the end of the day, Nope. Thank God I never paid a fucking red cent to watch this goddamn movie. I like the Johnny Cage Scorpion sequence. I think it's a fun little five minutes take you away from the other other chaos that's, that's <laughs> that surrounds this fucking movie. <laughs> the whole movie is utter chaos. Yeah, boy, it is. Uh, biggest takeaways, Mr. Madison. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything 
that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Before you ask you this question, what's your biggest takeaway from this never movie? Never watch this <laughs> fucking movie again. All right, I got three. I'm never, ever, ever going to. <laughs> unless I'm getting paid or being held at gunpoint, I am never going to look. And it better be a pretty big paycheck. There better be like three or four zeros on that fucking paycheck. Okay, and I'm checking every chamber of the gun, too, to make sure it's loaded if you're going to make me watch this goddamn movie again. Hell no. My biggest takeaway is throw this fucking film away. I got three. Very choppy editing. (laughs) Pacing is very uneven. I mean, it's all over the place. And the fighting choreography really uh, is real pretty natural and was consistent. One of the more positive things about this film. Uh, So those are my three very random, very true takeaways. I guess the biggest takeaways I have, as the category is called. As to why I never want to have to look at this film. I am anxiously looking forward to watching Menahem Golan's The Apple. Like, like I, I actually look forward to watching The Apple and having fun with that and singing those songs before I will ever watch this movie again. Well, and if you kids have never seen the Apple, man, have I got says your uncle Shaw got something to show you. Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? <laughs> um, the entire <laughs> production, like they should have just that they should have just went right into that meeting, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like what were the, what were the angels from from fucking Dogma? Loki and Loki. Um... <coughs> oh god, I forgot. I haven't seen Dogma in years. It's right, you know, you know. Yes. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like just, just yeah, like as like, we are something, right? Like yeah, just show up and <coughs> just start, like get in a fucking time machine, man. Go back and stop this movie from ever being made. Like the world, the world wouldn't be a worse place. I'm not saying it's gonna be a better place. <laughs> I have here for it. It's... I have where to begin. Uh, I'd switch out that terrible CG tower shot at the end. I guess <laughs> that's just me picking straws. I, you know what I, you know what I would switch out. Everything between the opening and the ending credits. <laughs> no, you, you got to keep the cage scorpion fight. For me, at least, you got to keep that fight in there because that sequence works for me. So, I like I, so I, I leave like you it. with a, I leave you a twenty-seven-year-old trailer. Out of a hundred so minutes, you leave me fucking six. Son of a bitch. That's all there is, man. And even that is you a little fucking Sean, wanting. That's six minutes. That's all fucking, fucking asked for. Six minutes. Fucking wanting. Man, like I said, like the whole film was rendered like a goddamn game. If you give me hours each week console. on this podcast, you give me six minutes for Mortal Kombat. 
All right, the new. Cat- I'd rather look at the Rock as the Scorpion King. Oh God, that's not even. <laughs> Jesus. If now, that tells you anything. Now that's. A I'd take. rather watch ninety minutes of just that on a loop than watch this fucking movie over again. All right, this is a category I have just for this episode. It's called Test Your Might. And this is where we're going to each pick two fighters from Mortal Kombat, obviously, to fight for us in Mortal Kombat and why. So we got to essentially pick two fighters to fight for us for Mortal Kombat and why we pick them. So you want to start this off? This ties into what you were going to say before about your favorite character. Uh, No, I'm not going to say about my favorite character. What I was going to say about the way they did the characters to begin with was... um, and it was kind of brilliant and or clever, at least cost cutting, um, on their behalf to reskin the same character four times. And just give him a couple different, you know, combos and moves. Because you know, let's face it, if you're looking at the game, even the movies are so quick. Um, can you tell the difference between if I put this on black and white? Would you be able to know the difference between Scorpion, Sub-Zero, you know, Reptile, one's yellow, one's blue, one's green? It'll be Smoke, then. Huh? Uh, smoke was the... the, the, the smoke, the, yeah, the it was the fourth one. Yeah, it's right, right. Right, so... It was Smoke, the Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Ermax, Noob Sabot. They, they, well, well, you know where Noob Sabot came from? Yeah, I know. It's Ed, Tobias Ed Boone. Boone. Yeah, Tobias Boone, exactly. Ed, Ed Boone and... Uh, yes. It's yeah, Backwards. that's that's the, that's the creator's names, but yeah, it's like all they did was reskin the same dude and give him this, but just like keep feeding him with the want with without having to churn some more money into it. Guess what the whole fucking franchise is about? Now, so you want me to you want me to score up a couple of uh, fighters? I'm gonna go with Raiden, um, cause God of Thunder. Yeah, God of Thunder, and I love being able to just blast you from the other side of the screen without you knowing. It. That was my go-to, like, ah, fuck you, I need an up. Um, and even though I didn't get good at his moves, I'm going to go to Scorpion. Get over here, man. Who, who can't argue with a giant spear? He's, 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 he's a, basically a, a zombie fighter. He's, already, he's dead. He's an undead fighter. Uh, I'm going with Scorpion as well. He's one of my picks. And uh, Johnny Cage, funny enough. Johnny Cage, because I'm biased, and he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. Or my you were a big Jean Claude Van Damme fan. No, I wasn't. Then, you? Never really was. That's kind of who he's based off of, right? All those, yeah. All those sudden death fucking rules. <laughs> um, well, what was the one where he was in a prison? I don't know. I always liked that one. The one where he was in a prison. I don't know. Because um, he was cranking them out like, you know, yeah, he was. one every couple months. He still does, actually. Back then. Come to my attention. Well, was, yeah, when I was He's like still doing them shit. 15. Man. So. You couldn't escape a John Clark. Uh, I've always had, you know, I've always been a big Johnny Cage fan. Just, I don't know why. Just ask my youth that question, not me. And so that's why him. But Scorpion, because he's dead already and he's badass and get over here just you can't make no mistake that's just it's still nah, I mean, badass it was, today's it was a cool it was move you just like yank 30 years ago yeah that's kind of why i went raiden like raiden i could blip from the left to the right without you knowing it yep you know blip you from the back and like kind of shatter your spine he'd be or, a close runner up he'd with, be number three with with with, with uh with, with scorpion 
as well as our time there, right? And I was never any good with them D-pads, man. And I've, I've tried playing at the, the new Mortal Kombat's with analog sticks as much as I want to because they're, you know, kind of dirt cheap for me to download right now and I really, right. really want to play them again. I just can't do it. I'm sure it'd be fun, but I just can't get down to the D-pads, man. And getting the maneuvers off on the, on the you know, the analog sticks, it's just, it ain't the same. Um... So, yeah, so with Scorpion, you just, like, yank them across the screen. So I would either blast you from this side to the other, or I would yank you from that side to this one. And he's got that badass skull underneath the mask that can just blow flames and torture ass to a bird. Right, un- un- until Johnny Cage lights it. a pirate shield on fire and comes and That's right. Two of my favorites. Colliding. <laughs> Maybe not I think about it. That's why I liked it so much. No. Yeah. Overall, it's a fucking great scene. Um, all right, so... Final thoughts. Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. Um, don't ever watch <laughs> this fucking movie if you can help it. Very That's nice. my final Short thought. and sweet. I like it. Um, in all seriousness, look, guys, don't get it twisted. Um, there's a difference between good films and nostalgia. And nostalgia doesn't necessarily mean a movie is good it's okay to not like a movie from your childhood that you did like okay unless that movie is heavyweights or blank check (laughs) it's okay um no and and like i said earlier you know it's okay to like this movie if that's your thing but we obviously we yeah I'm not I'm not trying to knock on anybody we're not right no this we're is, not this is just how no, I feel you guys know how I feel and as far as as far as my personal final thoughts go um no no this is not a good movie <laughs> at all a little bit of regret, having not don't seen you? this in like fifteen odd years or so like start to finish like no like this is <laughs> this is not good and I really am looking forward to this Friday's new release to wash the horrible uh-huh. taste out of my mouth that New Line has left in it. I'm hoping they can redeem themselves with this movie. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm a little bitter that my boy KJ in this movie, but <laughs> I'm sure there's more to it that we're not they're not telling us. I, I At least I hope. Um, otherwise, it'd be weird to admit an original character like that. Just, but whatever. It's another argument for another day. Um... Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, one out of five, not good. Um, if you're gonna watch it for nostalgic reasons, be warned. Um, and if you are a fan, hey man, I'm, we're not knocking you. It's okay to like this movie. There's plenty of movies that I like that you're not going to, and vice versa. So that's what makes movies so special. It's 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 all subjective. It's it's all opinionated. You know, just you yeah, like just, what you like, we'll like what we like, and tell you. How we like it. Just like Sonya Blade knack for you. You're going to go out there looking for the art. That's right. That's right. That's right. So once you find that art, man, you you, you hold true to it, you know, and you know, stick with it. You, you know, pursue what you love, man. This this is one thing that I just do not man. love. All right. So... This movie is sponsored by Aladdin's Castle. <laughs> Home to all the biggest and best arcades and games this side of the Susquehanna, including the new game that's taken the country by storm, Mortal Kombat for Midway Games. 
Enjoy your ski ball, your foosball, your basketball, and your pinball all in the same place. Aladdin's Castle, located across the food court next to Hex. Now the entire family can enjoy the thrill of all the latest video games. Aladdin's Castle, family video. That'll bring things home for this show. One down, many more to follow. Next week, we'll be back talking all things Backdraft in the 30th anniversary of the film, which isn't until May, but it's not a McConaughey film, so of course we had to pencil this in for late April. Um, Sean, where are you at with uh, Backdraft? A little preview um, heading into the next week. We, we've never talked about this one, you and I. Uh, At least I, I don't was, think we I was, was going to save it. I was going to save it for the air. Well, then do that. Do you. that. Do that. Got, I mean, okay. If you guys, if you guys, would, if you guys um, really want to hear that, we're no, that with it. We'll be back it, with it, it. It holds. Um, it it holds a spot for me. Me too. Um, more recently, a little more recently now than even when it was released. But that's just you know a personal. I'm I'm willing to dig into that on the on the next episode. So yeah, next um, week in this next episode, you're gonna hear things. But I've got like, I've got good. Th- I'm I I may have, let's face it. I had shitty things to say about Mortal Kombat 1995, and who the fuck doesn't? Okay, but I'm going to have nothing but glorious things to say about um, my experiences with Ron Howard's backdraft. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be that that that's gonna be one that. Um, Christ, I forgot we were even doing it. Uh, now I'm looking forward to having a. I'm looking forward to even watching it again because I haven't seen it in so long. Um, so yeah, you guys are gonna get you guys are gonna get a little bit. You guys are gonna get more out of me on um, on backtrack, man. Um, yeah, let's just say I got some stories to tell. Yeah, as do I. Um, this film um, ties into the fire department, which I have personal ties to myself with family, and uh, we'll talk about that as with other things, as well as the movie itself and how we feel about it. And, uh, yeah, that'll all be next Monday right here on the Film Effect Podcast. But before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be heard on such platforms as Spotify, Google, iTunes, Breaker Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite podcast. You can check us out on the socials, first at Facebook and Instagram. We're at Sean. The Film Effect Podcast. And if they're on Twitter, we're at... You could check that out at the Film Effect Pod. Okay, we're doing voices now. Cool. <laughs> and uh, the old-fashioned email, what's that address? Uh, that would be the Film Effect Podcast at Gmail. Alright, well Until next time, Sean Alright gang, you know what I like to say um, We will see you guys again Once those theater lights go dim And the opening credits begin to roll I've been Ed, that's been Sean It's been fun, but now it's done Alright guys, take care